Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. We're thankful to have you here with us again this week. And as always, we would be grateful for some five-star reviews. Uh, Really, we like those the best, but we'll accept any number of stars if you provide us with actionable feedback uh, to help us (laughs) get better based on your uh, star choice. Um, Again, we love those. We love to read them. We love to read them on the podcast, and they do help other listeners uh, find our podcast too. Hey, I'm your host, Ben Trueblood, here in the studio today. If you listened to last week's episode, you are going to know what's coming already. The whole training team is here. We've got Zach, Chad, Katie, Nathan, and me. And this month, we are talking about what it takes to stay healthy as a ministry leader. If you missed last week's episode, be sure to jump back, listen to it. It's a great conversation centered around family relationships. And so let me take just a minute and set up this one specifically. Today, we're going to be talking about the kinds of friends that you need in your life. So, and I think this is a really important topic. Um, We'll get into this in just a minute, but just to say at the outset, I think we are really good in general. I'm going to generalize here. As ministry people, we're very good at having a lot of surface level relationships, like more surface level relationships than you can probably name or count. However, where it breaks down is few ministry leaders are really good at having deep connected friendships. And I know that's one of the hearts behind Youth Ministry Booster and Zach and Chad's uh, initial in in their heart and in their mind to begin that was to provide a place where these deep connected personal relationships could begin to take place. And we'll talk more about that later. But we we have generalized a set of four friends that I want to explain that every person needs in their lives. And then we'll have some discussion around around each of these. Uh, And we'll take them one by one. So uh, the first one is a supportive friend. Now, this is the friend who is going to be your encourager. They're going to be there like when you're hurting, they're going to be their arm around you. Uh, maybe via phone, maybe in person, whatever works out. But that is, that is this friend. They are the continual encouraging voice in your ears, in your ear. So supportive friend, uh, and then senior advisor. So this is the person in your life that, uh, can be like your, some people would be described as a mentor. This is the person that when you have something come up in your life or in your ministry, and you need a trusted opinion, This is the person that you go to probably someone older, hence the name senior advisor, uh, probably someone who has been around for a little while, has a lot of ministry experiences. This is, I really need to know what to do right now. This is the person I'm calling. The next one is, I see it. I see it on this run sheet and I'm really interested to hear what you mean by this. (laughs) By the next one. (laughs) Yes. So the, the next one is the stupid friend. Now this one, in some cases, this could be, des- could, be <laughs> could be described maybe a little more palatable as the bad idea friend. So like we're all, you know, if, if the training team is a family, which we've already talked about, like yes. we're all looking around at each other and wondering like, okay, yeah. who is it who around is the it? table? Oh, it's for sure me. <laughs> <laughs> it's for sure me. This is the friend that said, now I, I think a caveat here would be through the Christian lens. And this is not going to be the person that's going to be the troublemaker friend. However, 
This is the person lighting tires on fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. We're the- stealing shopping carts at Walmart. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but hey, it's the middle of the day and it's a hundred degrees. Let's go get milkshakes. Like that's okay. Okay. That, uh, more okay. of a more of a tame. No, this this friend is the one who's always up for a good time. The one who is always throwing ideas of, hey, let's go do this. Let's go do this. What if this happened? What if we did this? It's the person you want in the room when you're coming up with ideas. And that is that is this friend. And then the final one is the sounding board. The sounding board uh, can sound similar to the senior advisor, but here's the difference. A sounding board could be made up of your peers, whereas the senior advisor is the wise old sage. And the sounding board is the group of people that you say, hey, I am thinking about this and you want a broad based opinion from several different people that are in your same stage and kind of station at this place in ministry. So. If you made your own, like you might be listening to this and you're like, Man, that's the dumbest list ever. I could cut. Well, do it. Come up with your own list. Give them to us at student ministry on Twitter and Lifeway students on Instagram. If you want to share your lists, we, I would love to see those. This is not meant to be the final conclusive list of friends, but instead something to consider to make sure you have these people in your life. And so there they are, the supportive, the senior advisor, uh, the stupid friend. It's kind of a bad. I mean, I get it. We we could have labeled that, but we needed an S. And so I like it. I like it. It's like the friend who's not afraid to have a stupid idea. Yeah, that's right. And uh, the sounding board. So general observations. Uh, and if you want to like name yourself as one of these as one of these friends, that would that would be fine, too. But when you guys hear a list of these kinds of people that every healthy minister should have in their life. What's your initial reaction to that? I, I like it. I think that, I, I think we probably naturally, at least for me, when you walk through those, I thought about people in my life that play each of those differently. I think that one of the big keys is there are probably times in our life where we're like, Hey, I need to be spending more time mm-hmm with the senior advisor than I am. Maybe sometimes like we're spending all of our time with our stupid friends. And I kind of <laughs> like the, the, the comment, uh, the, the phrase of stupid friends, uh, even though it does sound harsh, because I think there's an element too that's just like, the, these are my buddies, right? Like yeah. we, we all need like, we all need the people that we play, you know, video games with or whatever you like to do that fall into that category. But sometimes we just hang out with those guys and we're like, ah, maybe I need to invest into some of these friendships that can pay off. I would say when I think of sounding board, uh, the, the, and I know it doesn't fit with the S's. I think sometimes we have sounding board. We think we have sounding board friends that are actually recycling bin friends. Hmm. And here's what I mean by that is they're the friends that when we think about sounding board, we take our junk or trash and we throw it onto, and we just keep coming back to and throwing junk on it over and over again. And it just keeps getting recycled. And sometimes those friends that we think are sounding board friends actually cause like just, hits of grossness Mm -hmm. because we just we find them to be people that we can complain about whatever with and it just 
repeats that cycle. Yeah. I think it's good sound. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think good sounding board friends hear it and point us in a better direction. It's good. Yeah. Than we came to them for to came to them with. Yeah. Well, and that's probably the importance of that senior advisor of having someone to help cut the crap a little bit. Like I think a lot of us are always hungry for like let's t- tell me what you're doing. Those kind of comparative ideas, sharing what resources or plans or elements you're doing. But I think that that the voice that's advisor been is so important to name. Who's someone who is like beyond where you're currently at. And that's a friend who is not going to be, they can't be your stupid friend because they're trying to like impute wisdom to you. Uh, And they're not your sounding board because they're not doing the thing that you're doing. They're helping to like pull you forward into who you want to be and not just what you have right in front of you. And I think that's probably the thing that I would share is if you're going to evaluate your time over the course of a week or month, can you like connect the time you spend in relationships with some of these different things? Or like Chad said, does it all just devolve into a bunch of buddies in ministry that are just either lamenting the same or recycling the same like frustrations or ideas back to each other? I think it's really important to like have the different shelves or altitudes of those relationships happening in your chemistry of time. Yeah. You know, one of the things, and coming up with kind of thinking through this was the interplay between supportive and sounding board. Mm-hmm. And as, as we kind of thought through that, like it, those are, need to be different people because if your sounding board is just filled with all supportive, then it's just going to be every time you take something there, it's just going to be encouraged. It's just going to be, yeah, I like it. Yeah. And like, we want people that like everything like our, our ego, I think, wants people in our lives that like everything that we do. But to be a healthy lead, to be a healthy person, we need to have people that aren't afraid at some points, like Chad, like you were saying, to cut through a little bit of that and say, let's go in this better direction. Or to, at very least, just not like everything that we do. I've found myself in situations before where I'm like, man, I kind of want to just come up with something that's really, really lame. Just to see if somebody's going to say, man, I don't like that. And just kind of throw it out there to see, okay, where does this, where does this person fit into my groups here? Right. Like we're so hungry for approval. I think in anything, especially in our roles of like, to me, that sounding board and Zach, you have written some really significant things about this. There's a blog post where you speak to this of like, to me, that senior advisor and the sounding board are people that you you make like you take the initiative to say you have permission to mm-hmm. evaluate me from your seat. Like I give you, I trust you. I give you permission to say that's not a good idea. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, the difference there is like, like you said, that senior advisor is someone who is ahead of you ahead, like has already been where you've been. The difference there is like maybe a sounding board could still be a peer, but who has a different perspective and is not mm-hmm. afraid to, to argue the other side of the fence when you need to literally, that's what a sounding board is, is like, I need to bounce this idea off of you because I might not be seeing something that you can see in this. Yeah. That's what I think of too. I think some people think of sounding boards as, 
as a brick wall or as a wall, and it's what I say, they just repeat back. Well, that's not really what a sounding board is. I think you're right on the money there, Katie. It's somebody who can challenge the process, challenge the thinking, and you be comfortable with that. Me and one of my best friends, who was the student pastor at the time, and I was helping serve with him, he was a great visionary, and we worked both together as a sounding board because I was good at execution. So he would say, let's do this idea, and then I would help whittle that idea down, and then he'd be like, okay, well, what if we interject this? And together it was a process, but we bounced those ideas off mm-hmm. of each other, and we refined the idea instead of just saying let's go do this and kind of run just like willy-nilly after it we really refined the process but it was because of that sounding board relationship we had back and forth it let us create a great whatever we were doing it it was a much better thing in the end because we worked together at it we bounced ideas off of it we refined the process Mm -hmm. and then we we went from there I think to speak to that Nathan like you you clearly identified his role and strengths and your role and your strengths Mm -hmm. and I think Like one of the key components to a sounding board relationship working well, where people aren't like where the relationship isn't damaged is that, you know, that's the dynamic. Like that's that element, Zach, that you've spoken to of inviting someone in to be your sounding board, because if you put yourself in a relationship where like you're always hearing a disagreeing opinion or someone's always trying to present another perspective and like you are not prepared for that, then I think that can be, you can put yourself in a place of defensiveness versus welcoming that other perspective. Zach, I want to go to you with this one because the more I've gotten to know you, this is something that from a distance I have admired in you as I have, as I've come to know you more and more. And again, it's, it's kind of one of the things that's at the heart of youth ministry booster. And because of that, it's at the heart of both of you guys. But I've specifically seen this in you as I've, as I've gotten to know you. And that's this idea that in order to have good friends, you need to be a good friend. And you are someone who I have seen take friendships very seriously and is intentional in that. And you spoke in the last, like your action step in the last episode was pick someone and communicate with them for the next two weeks, every single day. So I would love to start with you on this part of it. Uh, and that having a good friend takes being a good friend. So how do you be a good friend? And like, this is one of those questions that seems so simple yet at the same time, I point to ministry leaders who many times do not have deep rooted relationships, tens of hundreds, if not thousands of surface level relationships, but never move beyond that to experience the joy of having real friendships. So the question again, how do you approach being a good friend? Uh, I think we talked about it uh, a month ago when it was on the podcast. Ben, I appreciate the compliment because it weighs heavy on me because I feel like I wasn't always that. I, I was mm-hmm. the guy with a thousand acquaintances and zero friends because it was easier that way. Yeah. And one of the things that I would share is there's a giftedness that has arisen because of my willingness to, to commit to a few. And that is um, something that doesn't come naturally for me. It's been uh, a, a growing edge to use leadership language. But the idea that um, to commit more deeply to one person or a couple people means that I will be less available for other folks. Mm. 
And for ministers who pride themselves on numbers like attendance or growth or a full room, it, it is it is being okay with having an inner circle. Um, you know, instead of the thousands, maybe it's twelve. Um, and maybe instead of just the twelve, it's three. But the trade-off for that is, man, that's all. Oh, sounds so good. Yeah, just a real tight-knit circle. And I think some folks hear that, but attached to that is the more that we commit to a few, the more we open ourselves up to potentially be wounded by one. And I think that's one thing. Um, it, it's we, we've made there's there's some good youth ministry jokes that you you know Jesus had a student ministry of 12 and one wanted to kill him or betray him. <laughs> and I think, right. I think there is uh, there is an element of that for us as ministry. When you named it in last week's episode, uh, a fear of being exposed. Uh, we, we, we live as ministers by the currency of our moral uprightness. Mm. And there is something that uh, gets pushed to the middle that's wagered toward the middle uh, if we get really real with a few folks. And the more authentic we are, the more opportunity that someone might have ammunition against us, challenge our livelihood, position, our lot in life. And I think uh, there's a risk there that we have to name. I think a lot of relationship that you, you said it in this way, I would just say it back to the folks listening – I don't think ministers are as good at relationships as we often think we are because we don't understand that there is inherent risk to mm -hmm. relationship. It's always an assumed good, and I, I think relationships are good, and I think that's right to say and name, but it's become so cliche that you know we are a ministry driven by relationships. Well, tied up in every relationship is an element of risk. I mean, one of the trainings that we do when we go out with folks is to have relationally safe ministries because the more relational you are, the more opportunities there are for risk. And it's got to be named not just at a training and ministry leadership level, but in our own life that the thriving nature of what it means to be fully human, uh, to be fully formed and maybe even fully faithful is a willingness to risk the innermost parts of who we are. I mean, I think that's the beauty of the marriage metaphor of Jesus as the bridegroom and the church as the bride is that deep sacrificial relationship that might even allow, you know, wounds to become scars like that. That happens because of a willingness to love deeply enough that there is an opportunity for someone else to hurt um, if mm -hmm. in their brokenness they choose to do so. Uh, we talked about it a month ago, and I'll name it because he's here in the room, but Chad knows stuff on me that not many <laughs> folks know, and that's intentional because I trust him enough. And it's valuable because it means that I don't get to think too highly of myself, and I don't get to be somebody that I'm not because there are people that really know me for who I am. And I don't know if everybody gets there, but I think everybody ought to. Mm. So that's that's what I would say. Chad, I'd, I'd love to hear you speak to that. I mean, you've heard what Zach has said. I'd love to get 
your thoughts. Yeah, and you know, for a nominal fee, I'll tell you anything you want to know about Zach. <laughs> and so, Venmo uh, <laughs> at Chad yeah, underscore yeah, yeah. Higgins. <laughs> I I think you know to go back to the to the four examples you gave. I, Zach and I started as stupid friends. Hmm. We did like, like card we, games, board games, yeah, yeah, card games, board games, those kind of things is where where we started. We knew we knew of each other even as far back as in high school, but really weren't friends. And to, I, and I hope he's okay with me sharing this. Some of where we really first started, Zach was involved in a ministry opportunity that I, I don't think it went the way he wanted it to go. Um, but as a guy who was a participant of it at the time and really didn't even have a deep relationship with Zach, like I loved it. I thought what he did was unbelievably great. And and I I was naive enough to think that everybody else thought that as well. And so uh, I went and took Zach to coffee and I was like, dude, I loved this thing that you created. He's like, well, you may be the only one. And that was the only free lunch I ever got. <laughs> and uh I think from there, for for me and Helm, we we got really honest about what's good and bad in ministry, and and we both had this mutual respect for each other that we began to kind of just talk in in a way that was really honest, and I think in a way that for many of our people in our churches that are in healthy small groups, they get, mm. and and I think for many ministers being that vulnerable and honest and open with the people in our congregation is often hard. And so finding people that have walked through similar things and to be able to talk about them openly and honestly, and to have somebody that you can be stupid with, that can be supportive, that can sometimes be, um, you know, that, that sage wisdom, or sometimes is that sounding board, we're all going to play those at different times. That's right. And I think the really, really great friends can do them all at the same time. Mm, that's good. And, and I think those are few and far between. I, I don't think that's going to be for everyone at all times. Um, but I think, you know, something like Youth Ministry Booster you can't promise anybody, right? Like this, like fairy tale, like, Hey, we're going to set you up with your best friend. Right. <laughs> um, it's a little creepy, even if it was the promise. Yeah. <laughs> like... yeah, yeah. But what it is, is it's an opportunity not to find somebody, but to be someone. And mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things that I've learned in me and Zach's friendship. Zach, Zach is my best friend. But Zach has taught me how to be a friend, and that's invaluable. Mm. And even, even more than taught me, he's given me the space to be it. And I think that's what's missing for a lot of people. Because it takes energy. It takes time. It takes, uh, it takes a lot of things that we don't want to naturally give. But once we get there, we would never give it up. And I think that's one of the things that's really invaluable about having a good friend and even more being a good friend. That's good. I think for the practical application, like we want to leave each one of these episodes with something that you can uh, listen to this and then go and think about or do right away. And I think one of the things that I would like to leave this episode with you thinking about listeners to the podcast is 
Just take a moment and evaluate the relationships in your life and just think through pen and paper notes app, however you want to handle it and just think through what are Mm -hmm. the kinds of relationships that I have? Am I to use a spiritual cliche a mile wide and an inch deep in my relationships? And if you come to that realization, then think about someone this week that maybe you can step out with and take another further step in relationship, in friendship with this week. If you resonated with today's episode, we'd love to invite you to be part of Youth Ministry Booster, our membership community of over 400 caring and growing youth ministers across the country who are having conversations just like this one. Your calling demands community and the types of relationships we've talked about in order for you to be a healthy person even before you're a healthy minister. Join today so we can match you in a year-long mastermind small group of peers who understand your context but are not in your context. Registration closes August 31st. Visit youthministrybooster.com to learn more. This has been another episode of the Student Ministry Podcast by LifeWay. Come back next week for episode number three in this series. We'll see you then.